Am I expecting the Lord Jesus to work according to my agenda? Do I want the Lord to perform miracles on my terms? Am I in any way limiting what the Lord is able to do in my life? Welcome, friends, to Sipping on the Sabbath, yet another On the Road edition. So I'm coming to you today from St. John, New Brunswick, where I am spending a period of time visiting with my companions, the Cross Brothers. Of course, Bishop Krishna Riesbeck, who is the Bishop of the Diocese here, Father Dennis Hayes, and Father Darren Brick. And this is an on-the-road edition, so I'm using what is uh, kind of a, a temporary uh, background here at the house where we live. No matter where I am, I always make sure to bring up my own coffee, which I have uh, for sure uh, done. And even I brought myself some 85% dark chocolate. Lovely, wonderful stuff. Now, before I forget, I thank you for sending me your uh, words of encouragement and also your prayer intentions. I have been praying for those. Uh, one of you sent me a question asking, is there coffee in heaven? <laughs> And I said, for sure, yes, there is coffee in heaven. And the follow-up question was, well, what brand is it? I think it's going to be called Holy Grounds or Holy Brew. But definitely there is a coffee in heaven because God is a good and gracious God. Okay, so let's just take the readings that we have here today. The first reading is from 2 Kings. second reading is from St. Uh, Paul's second letter to Timothy. And of course, since we are still in year C, we're going to look at Luke's gospel. So if you want to open up your Bibles and find those places, 2 Kings, you'll find uh, 2 Kings right after 1 Kings. <laughs> and you'll find 2 Timothy right after 1 Timothy. That's right. And of course, the gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, the third of the four uh, Gospels. So we're going to take a look at each of these readings individually and to see how, as I mentioned last week, they do all hang together. So first of all, we have a second Kings, and it's the story of Naaman, the army general, who comes to Elisha seeking to be healed of his leprosy. Now, he's an army general, a man of influence, a man who gives orders and people follow those orders. And Naaman, of course, thought he, not being any ordinary schmuck like the rest of us, would, of course, have been healed in a very special way, a particular way. And Elisha says to him, no, you just go down in the River Jordan there and immerse yourself seven times. And Naaman, of course, initially is rather indignant. He says, well, listen, I got some uh, rivers back home in my own country. Why can't I just do that there? But, but and he, he eventually relinquishes his hesitancy, his obstinacy, and he says, okay, you know what? In humility, he does what he's asked to do, and he goes down into the River Jordan, immerses himself, uh, seven times, and he's healed of his leprosy. He is healed, the reading says, in his obedience, and his flesh was restored. 
Initially, he also wanted to give Alicia some gifts that he had brought from his homeland as a token of appreciation. But Alicia says, no, I don't want your gifts. So instead, uh, Naaman asks for two mule loads of earth to be given and taken home uh, with himself. And the reason for that is that he wanted this physical reminder of the place where he had this profound experience of God and was healed of his leprosy. We go to the Holy Land or perhaps to visit uh, Magigoria and we bring home little vials of water from the River Jordan. We bring home little vials of dirt or dust from the Holy Land or some rocks from Magigoria. Maybe you have a rosary made of little rocks or pebbles from Magigoria. And these are akin to what Naaman was asking for, these visible, tangible reminders of the spiritual experience that he had and we have when we encounter the Lord Jesus. Interestingly enough, if you read a few verses beyond where our reading ended today, we have the scene of Elisha's servant Gehazi, who went after Naaman caught up with him and said, hey, you know those uh, nice gifts you're going to give Alicia there? Like, uh, he didn't want them, but you know what? I can I can use a couple of those nice things. I want you to give them to me. And so Naaman gave, what's his name again? Gehazi, these uh, gifts. And unfortunately, Gehazi was struck immediately with leprosy. So the Lord doesn't want our gifts. What he wants first and foremost is the surrender of our will, making a decision, as step three says in the 12 steps, making a decision to turn our will and our life over to his care. That is the gift, that is the, the offering that the Lord rejoices in. So am I willing today, in the power of God's grace, to say, Lord, I want to make of myself an offering to you. In thanksgiving for what you have already done and are doing and even in the future will be doing for me and thanking him by making of ourself a sacrifice and an offering even before we know what the Lord has in store and wants to do for us. Time for coffee. And while I have it, I might as well have myself a little piece of this 85% dark chocolate, which is delicious. Okay, so, <laughs> hope it's not too much of a distraction for you, or maybe you're inspired now to get yourself some <laughs> dark chocolate. Okay, so now we're on to the second reading, Second Timothy. We've been in Second Timothy now for a couple of weeks, actually, and Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. And the key word for me from today's reading is actually verse 9. It says that the word of God is not chained. It cannot be chained. The word of God is powerful. It is active. It is alive. It pierces, as St. Paul says, more surely than a two-edged sword. And so governments, dictators, social economic systems have tried 
to chain the word of God, but it is not chainable. But yet, in making an examination of my own life, our life, have I in any way tried to chain the word of God? That is kind of tame it, uh, control it, uh, limit it, allow it to not have an effect in my life. I don't want to hear that word lest I be inspired or encouraged to change in my life. Am I in any way attempting to put chains on the Lord? Limiting the Lord and what he is able to do in my life. Do I recognize any way in which I myself am chained because of particular sin or defects of character in my life? Do I desire to be free of those chains in my life? Or is there just a part of me that perhaps thinks, you know what, hey, it's not that bad. Or maybe even I like it and I have an unwillingness to give it up. <clears throat> Am I entirely ready? Step six and step seven of the 12-step recovery program. Am I entirely ready? And will I humbly ask the Lord to remove these particular defects of character in my life? To remove these particular chains that I can see in my life that are limiting me and diminishing my capacity to give of myself and to make of myself an offering to the Lord Jesus? Am I in any way living in fear? Fear of the gospel. What is the Lord going to ask of me? Where is the Lord going to send me? What's the Lord going to do in my life? Fear is the number one activator of all of our defects of character. And in most cases, we're afraid we're not going to get what we want, or we're afraid we're going to lose what we have. And am I willing to let the Lord Jesus free me of these particular fears so that, again, I can give my complete, total yes to the Lord? The Word of God is not chained. And I, as a disciple of the Word of God, a follower of Jesus, I do not want to live in chains, but I cannot overcome myself. If Naaman could have cured himself of his leprosy, he would have not made the journey. He would have not come across the prophet Elisha. He would have not, in obedience, done what he was asked to do. But he could not cure himself of his leprosy. I cannot, you cannot, we cannot. It's a we program after all. Uh, we cannot overcome ourselves. I need a Savior, and his name is Jesus. Romans chapter 7, St. Paul says, Why do I do so easily what I don't want to do? And when it comes to doing what I need to do, uh, 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 who is going to save me? Praise be to God through Jesus Christ, St. Paul says. So I need a Savior, and his name is uh, Jesus. And in the Gospel today, Jesus has this encounter with the ten lepers. only one of whom returns to give him thanks. And they too, they were healed in their obedience. They went 
and they were made clean, the gospel says. And of the one who returns to thank Jesus, Jesus refers to him, because he is a Samaritan, he refers to him as this foreigner. That is the only place in the New Testament that that term foreigner is applied to an individual. But it also speaks, I think, a little bit more of this notion of the gospel not being chained, of our need for a savior that I cannot overcome myself. And I think what it means is that Jesus, not speaking simply of this one individual leper from Samaria who came back to give him thanks, but it also means that God's word, not being chained, God's word does not recognize borders. It's not a question of who's in, who's out, who qualifies, who doesn't qualify. It's not a question of having to cross a particular line. The, ch the lepers themselves, all ten, unfortunately only one gives thanks, but all ten of these lepers are themselves unchained. Unchained from the limitations that were placed upon them by society at the time. And the reason why Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priests, is because the priests were the ones who signed off on their status, who would sign off and say, okay, you're no longer a leper, you're clean, you no longer have to live under these very strict guidelines and, and policies and ways of behaving and interacting with others. They were no longer apart from. They felt apart of, and maybe we can identify with that in our own life. Sometimes we can feel apart from. I don't feel like I belong. I feel like I'm kind of the third wheel in this situation. But the Lord Jesus, in his mercy in healing them, unchaining them, and it is his word, right? They followed the guidance, the inspiration of his word. Go and show yourself to the priests. And so the Lord still, he speaks to us through his scriptures. It is the word of God not the word of Alan, it's the word of God. And when we respond to the word of God, we are ourselves unchained and set free. But yet, we can still live in this hesitation and this fear. But that's just our own fleshy response. We pray God give us the grace we need to step forward and really embrace uh, the word that he uh, speaks uh, to us. Get up. The Lord says to this one leper, get up and go on your way, which means go. The gospel, the good news is to be passed on to others. And this leper was commissioned at that moment to go out then and to testify to others by word and by action that the word of God, the command of Jesus, had a miraculous effect in his life and was able to unchain him from the, the, the condition of leprosy to begin with, but also unchain him to allow him to become a powerful witness to testify to others by word, and perhaps more importantly by example, because people are watching us. Paul VI said that the world does not need more teachers, 
and the world needs more witnesses. And so how might the Lord be saying to us today, I want you to be my witness. Unchain the word of God if we have done so. Unchain me, the Lord says, if you have done so and see the miracle happen so that others can rejoice and give glory to God the Father as well. Now, how do we bring all this uh, together, as I said at the beginning? Well, uh, for those of you who are new to this uh, channel, you're about to experience a three-step dynamic. <laughs> those of you who've been around a while, you're not surprised. You're like, where's the three steps coming? Well, here's the three steps. The, the use of alliteration, that is multiple words, one after the other, all starting with the same letter. The three-part dynamic at work here is request, requirement, and response. Request, requirement, and response. First, there is the request. And so Naaman and the ten lepers, they approach and they ask to be healed. Healed of their leprosy. They call out for help. They cannot cure them Cells. That's the request. Then there is the requirement. Naaman and the ten lepers are given specific instructions of what to do. Go and immerse yourself. Go and show yourself to the priest. And the response is that they do. They do as they are directed and they are healed. Naaman is healed in his obedience. The lepers are healed as they are on their way to show themselves to the priest. How do we take this lethal dynamic of request, requirement, and response and apply to our own life? How might the Lord be communicating to you and to me today through this three-step dynamic? Well, first there is the request. And the request comes to us from Jesus. And his request is... Will you let me do in your life what I desire? Will we un take the handcuffs off of Jesus if we have put them on him? Will we cease to limit the Lord in what we are allowing him uh, to do? Will we allow the Lord Jesus to expand our capacity, to expand our expectations, to open up our horizons to the miraculous movement and grace of the Lord Jesus. That is his request to us. The second part, will I today make a decision, maybe for the first time, or maybe for the 14th time since I got up this morning, make a decision to say, yes, Jesus. Yes, thy will be done. Yes, Jesus, I let you move in my life as you wish. Now, how we articulate that, how we express that to the Lord is unique to ourself. And as I've said in an earlier episode, the way that I pray to God is different from the way you pray to God, because I am unique and you are unique. And the way that we communicate with the Lord and he communicates with us 
is a precious gift that he wants us to experience more of in our life. So there's the request, will you let me move? And then finally, there is the response. And the response, the consequence of this is that the Lord Jesus will free us up. Free us up to be like Naaman, like the lepers themselves. Free us up to go back home to our places of work, school, coffee shops, gym, wherever it is, driving on the highway, St. John, New Brunswick, where I am today, free us up to be his witnesses in uh, the world and to use us in a powerful way to build up his kingdom here on earth. The Lord Jesus has a plan. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. He has a plan for the Diocese of St. John, New Brunswick. He has a plan for Canada, the United States, Great Britain, the whole world. He has a plan for the world to save us and to bring us into an eternal encounter with himself forever in heaven. And it begins with our own individual yes. Yes, Jesus, I want to be part of what you have in plan for my life. I want to be part of what you have in plan, Lord, for my local diocese, for my country, for the whole world, Lord uh, Jesus. And again, it starts with ourselves. Let us not be like the nine other lepers who didn't come back to thank the Lord, but instead be women and men of true gratitude to uh, the Lord uh, Jesus. So let's make all that our prayer here now as we just want to come into the presence of the Lord Jesus. So we take a moment now, we just put down our coffee, <laughs> put down the dark chocolate, and just focus on the Lord Jesus. Okay. And Lord, here we are. We're just coming before you, Lord Jesus, as we are. Lord, you know all that's going on in the world. You know, Lord, all that's going on in our life. You know, Lord Jesus, areas where we are being challenged, Lord. You know, Lord Jesus. And so here we are before you, Lord. We, we need you, Jesus. We need and want to have an experience, Lord Jesus, of your grace of your healing power, Lord. Lord, we want to put aside any way in which we come before you expecting you to do what we want. Expecting you, Lord Jesus, to perform miracles according to our agenda. Lord Jesus, help us to hear your word. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be docile, obedient, humble, Lord and respond positively to what you're asking us to do. Even though, Lord, we might think initially it's pretty crazy, but yet, Lord, help us to trust in you, Jesus, that whatever it is that you're asking us to do, wherever it is you are leading us to go, it ultimately is for our good. Lord, if we could save ourselves, we wouldn't need you, but we cannot save ourselves, Lord, 
And so we do need you. Lord, we repent of any way in which we have chained the gospel, any way in which we have limited the power and the movement of the good news that you speak to us and to the whole world. Now, Lord, we want to take the handcuffs off, take the, the governor off any way, anything in our life that, again, limits what you are able to do and allow it to do in our life. We want to just give you, Lord Jesus, full permission to move and to act in our life again as you see fit. Lord, we cannot overcome ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. We need you, Jesus, and you are our Savior. And Lord, we thank you that you do have a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. We pray especially, Lord Jesus, for that one person watching or listening right now who really, Jesus, needs to know that you are truly real, that you would, Lord Jesus, to speak gently to their heart, call them ever closer to yourself, call them back to yourself, Lord, if we have any in any way, Lord, drifted far away from you, Lord, or even not so far away from you, Lord, we give you full permission, Lord Jesus, just to call us back. We need your grace, Lord Jesus, your mercy, especially, Lord, your forgiveness, Lord Jesus. Uncover us, Lord, if we're living under any layers of, of shame or remorse, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, fear, Lord. Help us not to be afraid, Lord Jesus, but to truly be people, men and women, committed, open, attentive uh, to your continual promptings of love in our life. We're praying, Lord Jesus, for anyone who is, again, really struggling in their life, Lord. We offer to you, Lord Jesus, the prayers, the, t the intentions of all those who have sent their requests into this ministry, Lord that you would right now, Lord Jesus, hear these cries, these prayers, and you would answer them, Lord, in your good way and in your good time. Lord, we want to step up. We want to step up, step forward, step to attention, Lord, and follow you. Lord, what would you have us do? Where would you have us go? How would you have us serve Jesus? Speak gently the answers to these questions to each of us in our hearts. And Mother Mary and St. Joseph, please pray for us. And St. John, here in the good diocese of St. John, New Brunswick, pray for us. Amen. Okay, well, there you go. God bless you there. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hope you get some coffee. Hope you get some chocolate. We just are grateful again for all the ways in which you are continually uh, praying uh, for me and for my brother companions of the cross and supporting our various ministries. We want to see as many people as possible come into a lived, powerful encounter uh, with the mercy, grace, and peace of the Lord uh, Jesus. Remember, 
when we are powerless, that's when we're strong, and victory is indeed gained through surrender. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.